0: Hello and welcome to Foothill Christian American Canyon. We're glad you joined us today and we sincerely hope that you're blessed with today's message. All right, well we're going to get going with our sermon this morning and I've titled it this morning, Staying Alive, The Last Days Are Upon Us. Staying Alive and when I thought of that title, you know what I thought of the very first thing when I put staying alive because I'm old? I thought of the Bee Gees, right? Who can relate to that? Staying alive, right? So this isn't about disco. This isn't about the 70s or the early 80s. This is about the last days that we are living in, that you and I are living in. All it takes is for us to turn on the TV. Turn on the internet and read the news and realize we are in the last days, it is getting bad out there. It's no joke, it's no joke. Terror strikes Nice, France with 84 dead and over 200 injured on Bastille Day, July 14th. Baghdad, Iraq, July 3rd, two car bombings killed 200 people and injure over 220 others. June 12th in Orlando, Florida, a mass shooting kills 49 and injures 53 people. Baghdad again in March 25th, bomb explosions kill 30 people and injures 95. Paris, France, November 13th, an attack kills 130 people. The shootings that are going on I I could keep going and going and every one of you know that There are are incidents almost every single day of our life that are all traced back to sin. And how many know that we are living in the last days? It's clear as day that we are living in the last days. These terrorist attacks the, the violence on our country, in our cities, is increasing greatly. The things that you're seeing now never occurred, didn't occur 15 years ago, 20 years ago. Here we, you know, as the United States, as a country, here we thought we had made progress, right? Here we thought that, you know, the, great, the greats of our time, of our generation, uh, Martin Luther King and, and so forth, had made an impact. And yes, there, there have been impacts and inroads made, but here we are in 2016 facing the same issues that people have been facing for years. Amen. Those things haven't gone away, they've just been covered up. You know, and everything's coming out now. It's being exposed for what it is. Do you agree with me this morning? Yeah. And and because of that, there's a there's a recurring theme. Sin is Everybody say the word sin. Sin. Sin, it it just sounds terrible. Sin, when you say that word. That's the recurring theme here in our world that we live in. And, And that's where we're at today. That's why we're facing so many issues in our country and in our world because of sin. Getting back to terrorism, it seems to be stronger than it's ever been before. Islamic terrorism, it's not going away. I'm here to tell you, it's not going away. Let me just share this with you. Islamic State, also known as ISIS or ISIL, wants to establish a caliphate or an Islamic rule. It's an ideological war between the Islamic worldview and the Christian Judeo-Christian worldview. That's the heart of it right there. Every one of their attacks is against people of a Judeo-Christian faith. That's what they want to attack. They attack people that identify with the United States or people like like france they 've been a big target over there uh, let me Let me add this to you as well, or add to this that we are in the last days. Do you want additional proof that we are in the last days? Check this out in the Syrian conflict back in the Middle East. Russia is now aligning with Iran, is now aligned with, up with Iran, which is a direct prophecy in Ezekiel 37, 38, and 39. In the last days, Russia would line up with Iran. And then these these chapters talk about Magog, which Bible scholars believe is the modern-day Russia, okay? And then they go marching against Israel. And Persia, in the Bible times... It refers to a country named Persia. That's our modern-day Iran. That country also marches side-by-side with Russia, with Magog, against Israel. Have you noticed that Iran wants to nuke Israel? Out of its existence. It goes back to this world view of, of hate. And it goes back further than the Garden of Eden. It goes back to creation when when the Lord created the angels. And, and we know that Lucifer rebelled. It started right there. Sin started right there really in all, in all truth. It started right there. How many again believe we're in the last days? Yes. Now my point here this morning is not... And get get this straight. It's not to instill any fear in anybody. Because here's what the scripture says in 2 Timothy 1 and verse 7. For God has not given us a spirit of... Fear, Fear, but of power and love and sound mind. None of the events that we face today that we hear about or read about, none of these events that we see should cause fear in your heart as a believer. They should cause concern, bring you concern about our country. They should cause you to come on your knees at home and begin to pray for your fellow communities, no matter what community you live in. That should cause you to get on your knees and plead, God, help our communities. Help our young people. Amen? Amen. So as your pastor, here's what I want to tell you this morning. That your spiritual growth and spiritual understanding is vitally more important now because we're living in the last days. We are living in the last days and that's what I want to talk to you about today. Not necessarily about the, the terrorism aspect, but I want to talk to you about the spirit of Antichrist, really. How it can come in and deceive you. Amen? So if you have your Bibles, won't you stand with me this morning as I read from this section and just bear with me. First John chapter 2. It's on your outline. I make it really simple here for you. And uh, First John chapter 2, verses 18 through 27. 1 John chapter 2, verses 18 through 27. It says the following, Dear children, this is the last hour. And as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come. This is how we know it is the last hour. They went out from us they did not really belong to us for if they had belonged to us they would have remained with us but their going showed that none of them belonged to us verse 20 but you have an anointing from the holy one and all of you know the truth I do not write to you because you do not know the truth but because you do know it and because no lie comes from the truth who is the liar It is whoever denies that Jesus is the Christ. Such a person is the Antichrist, denying the Father and the Son. No one who denies the Son has the Father. Whoever acknowledges the Son has the Father also. As for you, see that what you have heard from the beginning remains in you. If it does, you also will remain in the Son and in the Father. And this is what he promised us, eternal life. I am writing these things to you about those who are trying to lead you astray. As for you, the anointing you received from him remains in you, and you do not need anything or anyone to teach you. But as his anointing teaches you above all things, and as that anointing is real, not counterfeit, just as it has has taught you, remain in him. Heavenly Father, we praise you this morning. When we come before you, Lord, we put our trust in your word, Father. Your word is unchangeable. It's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And Lord, I pray that it would speak to every heart, to every person this morning. As we open our hearts to receive your word, Lord, I pray. Let your anointing, let your Holy Spirit, Father, bring clarity as we understand what it is and how we are to go about in these last days. And Lord, we pray that this morning in Jesus' name name. And everyone said, Amen. 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 You may be seated this morning. God bless you. Amen. So the question this morning I have for you is, what should my job as a believer be in these last days? What do I need to be doing? Because there's so many things that the world will tell you you need to do. There's so many things that your community m- might even tell you that you should be doing. But I want to talk to you about three points this morning. And the first thing that God says to us is that we need to recognize the spirit of Antichrist that is in this world today. It's out there to deceive you, to take that truth that God has planted in you. By a showing of hands, how many right here today are a born-again believer? Raise your hand if you're a born-again believer. Okay? Okay? So that means that you have accepted Christ in your life, you've allowed him to transform you, the old is gone, the new has come, he's made you a new creation, amen? And because of that, the devil will attempt to to steal that from you. How many know that? He attempts to deceive you, and that's called the spirit of Antichrist. In fact... Here today by a showing of hands. How many people know someone that used to go to church, used to serve the Lord, but is no longer in church today? That would probably, should be all, all of us. And I'll tell you why. Because the devil seeks to steal the eternal joy, salvation from you. You see, once the devil had you in his back pocket, like I got my hanky here in my back pocket. And when, he's, when he sees that you're no longer back there, he goes about seeking you, to devour you, kill you. And once he steals you back to his side... He, he rests. But He doesn't rest until He gets you back. So believer this morning, you better expect battles. You better expect... Struggles in your, in your, in challenges in your faith. Because the devil's not gonna leave you alone. But I'm here to tell you this morning that God is greater, amen? God is greater. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in this world, amen? And that's why we have no fear over what's going on. Again, reality is we live in a, in a world filled with, with challenges and issues. And point number one is we need to recognize the spirit of Antichrist, we need to recognize and be aware of our enemies, just like with anything if you run a company if you if you are a sports team, you you have to know who your enemy is, what those things are that can hurt you and it 's no different as a believer, we have to be aware that there 's a line there 's a line here that the lord doesn 't want you to cross, and you have to be careful with that line don 't get close to that line don 't live on that fence like some sheep. You ever seen a a lamb or some, one of these animals that come out to the to the to the fence line, and then the herd the flock is over here? They're unprotected out here. They're all alone, all by themselves, away from the protection of the flock. And what's going to happen to them? They're easy prey. The enemy can pick them off like that. Don't be. Right there by the fence, all by yourself. Stick with the flock, stick with the people of God, stick in church. Don't be a lone wolf, you know, Christian out there. It don't work that way. Amen? Amen. Be aware of spiritual deception. Be aware of it. When John, the writer of that book, the Apostle John, uses the term last hour... He was talking about the last days before the second coming of Jesus. Even at that time when Jesus ascended, they were in the last days. How many know that? We, we think back, man, that's 2,000 years. They were in the last days back then? Yeah, when you're talking about a God who's existed in all of eternity, 2,000 years is nothing. Our lifetime, our span here on this earth, you know, our average lifespan is what, 80, 80 plus years. That's nothing that's nothing here you know uh, as I mentioned a couple of weeks ago I, I, I went to four funerals in, in 30 days four funerals I did one went to three others and the oldest person in one of those in any of those funerals was 58 years old 58 years old the oldest one and here we are don't ever take life for granted don't ever take life for granted we are in the last days. The second word here which demands our attention in, 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 in this text is the word Antichrist. Obviously it's pretty clear what Antichrist means. It's any spirit against Christ, the teachings of Christ. It's anything that we have referred to from people like Jim Jones to David Koresh to you name it. There's people out there that proclaim to be believers, Christians... And how could somebody, like, this still amazes me and baffles me, how 900 people committed suicide with, with Jim Jones. Remember that story? Those of you that are my age or older, remember that, how devastating, how tragic that was. But over 900 people drank this Kool-Aid that led to their death because of a cultic leader that was originally started off in the Word. He started off in the Word of God. And then he got so sidetracked because he allowed the spirit of Antichrist to deceive his mind, which led to deceiving others. Listen here, church, if I ever tell you something... Check it out in the book. Check it out in the book. Don't believe me. Check it out in the book. If it's not in the book, come up to me and say, Pastor Rick, I need some clarification. And you have every right to do that. Amen? Amen. So be aware of spiritual deception. Mark chapter 13, check this out. It says the following in verses 22 and 23. It says that Jesus warned about those who would claim to be Christ but were not. He said the following words. For false messiahs and false prophets will rise up and will perform signs and wonders to lead astray, if possible, the elect. And you must watch. I have told you everything in advance. That's another thing I love about my brother Ed. When he speaks about the end times, he's always mentioned that God always gives us signs. He doesn't leave you going, I didn't know that was going to happen. I didn't know that was there. No, God don't work like that. God's declared in this word, there's going to be a rapture, whether you believe it or not. There's going to be these last days that we're going to face so much in, our future, in the world that's to come and you can sit there and say, nah that's not going to happen this is, this is a, a myth of fairy tales well you can choose to believe that but I know this that God's Word is, is the same yesterday, today and forever and there are so many more prophecy, prophecies here that are left to be fulfilled that it's going to blow our socks off but here's the great thing about us as believers when the rapture happens we won't endure through all the trials that it mentions in here, all the heavy duty stuff, amen? God's going to save us from a lot of that stuff, amen? Amen. That's why our job is to reach out to others and and share with them the gospel, the good news of Christ. So again, we need to watch out for that spirit of Antichrist. He also says, John says the following thing here, that there are two signs of those who are of this spirit of Antichrist spirit. One is the abandonment of steadfast discipleship. Let's look at verse 19. What does verse 19 say there? Verse 19, if you look at that again in your outline, it says the following. It says, They went out from us, but they did not really belong to us. For if they had belonged to us, they would have remained with us. But their going showed that none of them belonged to us. And that's important because... It's tying into discipleship. Every church is built to, to reach the lost and then equip the saints, disciple them. Um, just like little kids here, you can't expect to have a child and have them grow up to know automatically how to live their life. This young little boy right here, you've got to teach him. You've got to show him. You've got to instruct him. You can't just say, okay, go ahead, do life. It doesn't happen that way. And it's no different in the church. We have to be taught. It's the Word of God. It's discipleship. And the spirit, the Antichrist spirit, wants to steal that and say, No, you don't need this. You don't need to be in a church. You don't need to have somebody tell you about the Word of God. You can figure it out all on your own. At home. After you sleep in till 12 every Sunday. Right? And and that's the spirit of Antichrist just telling you that you don't need any of this. Be careful with that. Amen? Amen. Be careful. In fact, the Bible tells us and warns us in Hebrews chapter 10, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves. Amen. Yeah. That means that anytime the church doors are open, we should do our best to be there. Amen. 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 Here's one other thing that that uh, John continues to preach. He preaches authentic Christianity. He says that those who truly love God will obey Him and will be possessed by and practice His love. That's how you know who a believer is. You know, I I can tell you, yes, I'm a believer, but if you never see Pastor Rick or Pastor Anna displaying the fruits of the Spirit, if you don't ever see me displaying love, uh, peace, joy, kindness, you're going to be going like, hmm, I don't know about that character, right? Uh, Some of these You know, you may be a person that gives to these televangelists on TV. God bless you if you do, but I don't know them. I don't know their lifestyles. I don't know nothing about them. So as for me, I have a harder time giving to a ministry like that. How many know what I'm talking about this morning? But if I come to a church and I get to know the people, get to know the pastor, I have a much easier time because I see the fruits of the Spirit working in them. Amen? Amen. Now, now God may speak to you to give. I'm not saying it's, it's a sin to give. I'm just saying it's a harder process for me to give to somebody I don't know. Amen? So, so again, we persevere as Christians. When, when we're really saved, the fruits of the Spirit are going to show through you. And you're not going to desert the Lord. And I know this from first-hand experience, because I backslid after four years of being a believer. I walked away. I was first saved in a church that that wasn't really declaring the Word of God and its truth. And four years later, as I discovered this, it was a doctrinal errors and so forth, I I, I left because I was confused. And that led me to backsliding. And for about three years, I I didn't go to church. I didn't go for three years. And every one of those days that I woke up, I knew I was living in sin. Nobody had to tell me that. Not one person had to tell me that. I knew it. until finally, I woke up, uh, just like the prodigal sons. He came to his senses. Remember hearing that? I came to my senses and I realized I still remember that day going, Lord, what am I doing here right now? spiritually, and even physically. And the Lord woke me up, and, and I never look back after that. Never look back. And I'm going to continue to live for Him until He comes or calls me home. Amen? Yeah. Amen. The Lord wants us to be perseverers, amen, to be overcomers. In fact, in Revelation, let me read a few scriptures to you this morning. Revelation chapter 2 and verse 7, Jesus says, I will give the victor the right to eat from the tree of life which is in the paradise of God. In chapter 2, verse 17, the victor is promised a new name. You know that you will receive a new name in heaven? The Bible says you will receive a righteous, holy name in heaven. Amen. In Revelation 3, 5, you will be clothed in robes of righteousness as the victor. In Revelation chapter 3, verse 11, Jesus says the following, Behold, I come quickly, hold That fast which thou hast, that no one take thy crown. Amen? And in Revelation 21 and verse 7, the overcomer is promised an eternal inheritance. An eternal inheritance. You know, one of the things that we need to realize is that our life is short. 80 years here on this earth is but a blink of an eye. If you don't believe me, ask someone that's 80 years old. Ask someone that's 70. Ask someone that's 60 or 50. Life goes by very quick. Amen. I know that. Because I've heard their stories. No, I'm there. (laughs) I've heard the stories. I've lived the story. It goes by so quick. Learn to appreciate the moment that you're in. Learn that this isn't all there is to life. Your life right now is not it. It's eternal salvation with Him. That's what we point to. Our life is not about this earth. And I want to have you understand that. It's not about this little life in your little community, wherever you live. It's much greater than that. This is a a piece of sand on a seashore, your life here on this earth. It's but a blink of an eye. (coughs) Excuse me. John says that one of the ways you know someone is authentically a believer is that they never abandon their discipleship. They persevere to the end. So you may fall, you may even backslide like I did, but get yourself back up and keep marching forward. Amen? Amen. Pick yourself up. Don't let the world step on you if you fell down. Don't let the world kick you and beat you while you're down there. Get back up. And start walking for the Lord. That's all of us here today. We're all imperfect people in this imperfect world we live in. And thank God for His mercy and His grace. Amen. Where would we be without His mercy and His grace? Now again, every one of us know... Somebody that served the Lord at one time. Maybe you grew up in church. I didn't grow up in church. But maybe you grew up with somebody. You went to kids camps, teen camps with them. You you went to church with them. And they no longer go to church. They no longer serve the Lord. Every one of us knows somebody like that. Pray for them, amen? Pray for them. You know uh, they they don't they don't need to hear brother you're sinning sister you're sinning they already know it you need to pray that the holy spirit would speak to them that would get a hold of their spirit and and allow them to really see the state of where they're living at amen i say that from personal experience you don't need to beat them up they already know they're they're living in sin amen, amen. love them be there for them And pray that the Holy Spirit would speak to them. Amen? Amen. Somewhere along the way, they fell out of discipleship. Somewhere along the way, they allowed the spirit of Antichrist to lure them out of this relationship. Somewhere along the line, they came up to that fence, and the enemy stole them, killed them right there on that spot. Amen? Don't be that person. Amen? Someone who has been born again, there's a transformation that takes place. And we had a a wonderful... Uh, service last week of baptisms. And we had some, uh, three people get baptized last week. And we had, it was a representation of the old getting buried and the new coming to life. It's just the most beautiful thing in Christian faith, how that illustrates it. And every one of you here that have been born again, have died to the old. That doesn't mean you're perfect. It means you're still going to mess up. It means you're still going to fall short. But it means now we have an advocate with the Father. It means we have Jesus that we can look to that can help us, Amen. So don't don't walk away. Continue to face those challenges with the Lord's help. And then thirdly, there's those who have been deceived by the spirit of Antichrist, and, and they're marked by an absence of, of correct teaching, of sound doctrine. Have you ever flipped through the channels and maybe heard one of these people preaching something? You're going like, Wait a minute. That doesn't sound right. Where, where, where did he get from, that from the Bible? We've all heard people like that. And right away, your spidey, I call that your spidey senses, really. They're kicking on, right? That's your, the Holy Spirit speaking to you, saying, That right there, my friend, is error. That is wrong. And, for example, just real quickly, last week, we did baptism. The Bible, nowhere in the Bible, in fact, I'll tell you this. I'll pay you 100 bucks right now, if you can find anywhere in the Bible where an infant was sprinkled and, and baptized that way. I'll pay you 100 bucks. And the reason I say that is because it's not in the Bible. So the way we baptize is we immerse, just like Jesus got baptized. So if you hear things and see things like that, it should question you or bring questions to your mind as, Why are they doing that if it's not in His Word? Well. That's why God gave us the Holy Spirit, so that we can see sound doctrine versus incorrect doctrine. Does that make sense this morning? And if you do see incorrect doctrine, question it or run away from it. One of the two, but don't stay there. Don't stay there and listen to incorrect doctrine. Let's look at verse 22 again. I want to take a look at verse 22. And and I want to read this again. And here it says, Who is the liar? It is whoever denies that Jesus is the Christ. Let me stop there. The Christ, Christ, the word Christ means the anointed one. And what that anointed one means, divine, divine, divine. Everybody say the word divine. Divine Divine meanings of God qualities, of God likeness, of deity. And what is the Bible here saying? It says here, the one who denies Jesus is the Messiah, is the liar, the Antichrist. That's the spirit of Antichrist. John sums it up real clear and simple, that those that deny Jesus is the Messiah, is the Antichrist. And we have people in this day and age knocking on your doors Saturdays, knocking on your doors during the week, that are preaching the spirit of Antichrist because they deny that Jesus is the Anointed One. Here, here's, the, here's why it's important. Do they believe in God? Oh yes, they believe in God. But believing in God doesn't get you into heaven. See, the Bible says the the, uh, the devil and his angels believe in God and they tremble, the Bible says. But here's the difference. Belief in Jesus is what gets you to heaven. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Amen? Amen. Through him alone can you get to heaven. So if you deny that, you, that he is divine, that he is the anointed one, The Bible goes on to say, you don't even have the Son, you don't even have the Father if you deny the Son. Amen? Amen. But when you have the Son, you have the Father also. That is so beautiful, the way he pens that here. So, again, we must acknowledge that Jesus is the Anointed One. Check that out when you hear somebody preaching incorrect doctrine, they will always, and I'll tell you this right now, they will always deny that Jesus Christ is God. Every single time, in every single instance. And uh, in fact, I, I work with someone that uh, is a member of a a faith, and they believe that... that uh, Jesus is not God. In fact, they, they are so whacked out. They, they believe in all sorts of things. I'm not even going to get into here. It's, it's not a Christian faith. But um, at any rate, they deny that Jesus Christ is God. It, it, every single cult is marked by that every single one. Why is that? Because Satan himself wanted to be like God. And he does not want you to recognize that Jesus is God. He himself wanted to ascend up to the throne and be like God. And because he can't and isn't, he doesn't want to acknowledge that Jesus Christ is God. Amen? Amen. And so again, you have to recognize sound doctrine from incorrect doctrine. So again, John says that one of the telltale signs of the spirit of Antichrist is that the, they deny that Jesus is the anointed one. The Messiah who paid for our sins. Amen. No doubt many who deny Christ did not deny the Father. But here's what John says. If you deny or you can't have the Father without the Son. You can't have one or the without the other. Amen. We live in this world of PC. You know political correctness, right? And it, it drives me nuts. <laughs> it, how many? How many does it drive nuts? This political correctness, right? We can't. We got to be careful what we say because we might hurt these people and offend that person. We we can't, you know, talk well about a, a Democrat because then the Republicans get all mad. We can't get on this side of gun control because those people are going to get mad, and or whatever side you're on, right? We live in this world of PC. And uh, it just drives me nuts because it never used to be that way. When I was raised, when I was younger, right? How many remember that you could state your opinion? It's okay to have an opinion. Every one of you should have an opinion. Don't fall in line because, oh, I don't want to hurt that person's feelings. i don't wanna, I got to be careful what I say. And, and as your pastor, I, I do got to be careful what I say from the pulpit. But at the same time, don't shy away from being you know, political cor- correct. Um, this is a world that we live in which can stand anyone, anyone except someone who claims to know the truth. They'll, they'll accept you if, I don't care what you do from A to Z, but the minute you bring this up, Oh, man, it's over. It's, how dare you bring that in here? How dare you speak about Jesus? How dare you speak about a, a God that, that loves you know, people and, and forgives people of their sins? But yet they can, they can accept anything in this world. Amen? How, that's the world we live in. And, and you hear this mention. You can't even, you know, at most ceremonies, I don't know how it went for Lex yesterday, who graduated yesterday. Give her a big hand. Give her a big hand. But I don't know if anybody said an opening prayer, or if they did or not. But in a lot of graduations, they don't want you to say a prayer. They don't want you to use the word Jesus. They want you to be PC, you know, politically correct. And that's the world we live in. The minute you go there, oh, shame on you. Shame on you. Why are you going there? This is the Word of God, people. This is what should carry you. This is what should be a major part of your life. Amen? Jesus is why we live. Amen? I'm here to tell you that you can believe in God... You can believe in God today and still go to hell. You can believe in God today and still go to hell. You can keep the Ten Commandments and still bust hell wide open you know it 's not the exterior it 's not your 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 dues what you do on the outside it 's your heart what 's your heart like on the inside what 's your heart like on the inside? Are you truly Saying, Lord, use me. Use me, Lord. Anything you want. If you want me to go out and, and pray for, for the guy at Safeway right now that I just saw in the in the produce section, <laughs> speak to me, let me do that, Father. Lord, if you want me to 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 lead a, a Bible study, a small group, Lord, use me. Use me for your glory. Because there's so many people in our in our church age that go to church. And they, and they look at it as nothing else than, than just another club, an organizational club. Like they may belong to the Lions Club, the Moose Club, the Rotary Club, whatever. I'm here to tell you, this isn't a club. This is a place where you declare your love for Christ, and where Christ reminds you of how much He loves you. Amen? Amen. We're in the last days, people. I want you to be awake. I don't want you to miss any of what's going on and why it's going on. We're in the last days. One of the other... uh, Excuse me. Let me... I've lost my place here. Let me go here. One of the great things that uh, the Lord reminds reminds us is this. That unless you confess Jesus Christ as Lord, receive forgiveness for your sins and place your trust in Him as God, you cannot be saved. So again, it doesn't matter that you're here every Sunday if your heart's never been forgiven of sins. If you've never forgiven your brother of sins... Oh boy, that's, that's a hard one right there sometimes. Forgiving that brother, forgiving that sister that hurt you, that stole from you. Sometimes that can be harder than anything else in the whole world. God says that unless you forgive them, don't even consider Him forgiving you. Amen? Amen? Amen. So don't be coming to church with an incorrect heart. We're in the last days. We're in the last days. Here's the truth. Someday Buddha will bend his knee and confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Someday Mohammed will bend his knee and confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Someday Joseph Smith, Charles Taze Russell will bend their knee that Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen? Every one of them will bend their knee. Again, resist incorrect doctrine. Know what the Word is. That's why Bible study is so important, especially in these last days. Know what the Word declares. And then point number two is resisting the spirit of Antichrist. So the great thing the great news that we have as believers is that we have this assurance of eternal life amen that our faith in him we can declare to others I am saved and going to heaven today How many here can say that right now? I can tell you today I am saved and going to heaven i 'm not hoping to go to heaven i 'm not thinking well maybe one day the Bible tells you clearly if you 've been born again and have faith, you should know without a shadow of a doubt that you you're going to heaven today. Not when you pass away, not when someone says some beautiful words at your funeral, but today that you will know Christ. Amen. That you're going to have eternal life. And eternal life is forever. Amen. The same is true for those. Well, let me read this to you here. Most of the time there's a marked difference between someone who is alive and someone who's dead. Amen? Most of the time. And what I mean by that is, in the physical world and in the spiritual world, there are physical signs of life that indicate someone is alive. There's breathing. There's a pulse. There's brainwaves, There's activity. You know, signs of life. The same is true for those who are spiritually alive. There should be signs of life in you as a spiritual being. What are those signs? I want you to ask yourself, am I showing those signs? Do I have those signs in my life? Are the fruits of the Spirit being manifest in my life in these last days? Do you love like Jesus loved? Do you see evidence of His Spirit living inside of you and transforming your life? You see, there's counterfeits or those who claim to know Jesus... In every city, in every church, there are people that are misled, not maybe by the the pastor or the teaching, but they're misled in their mind to think that all they need to do is come to church on Sundays and maybe even give and giving and that's all they need. But this vertical relationship with this heavenly father, they have no concept of that. They, when we sing songs, those words don't even come alive in their spirit. Those words should speak to you. When, you. when you hear words like love and peace and joy, they should just overwhelm your soul with His love. Because as a believer, they're real. You have this vertical relationship with Him. Amen? I'm, I'm talking to you about resisting the spirit of Antichrist. The spirit of Antichrist would have you sit here and do nothing. And do nothing. And just be content that you're here. You've done your job. That's the spirit of Antichrist. They've already stolen you. They've already they've already got you right here where they want you. They, they've got you to the point where you feel like you're doing right, but your, your soul is still damned. Amen? We must be careful. We're living in the last days. The same is true of those who are spiritually alive. Again, we must exhibit our fruits. The Bible tells us by our fruits we shall know them. Amen? Jesus, or or excuse me, John in this chapter is showing us that obedience, love, and perseverance are signs of true spiritual life. True spiritual life. These are the evidences of spiritual life. Paul goes on to say in 2nd Corinthians, Test yourselves to see if you are in the faith. Examine yourselves. We must examine ourselves daily. Check ourselves and seeing if we're in the right spirit. If we're doing things because God wants us to do that. We always need to examine our spirit and our life. The problem with many Christians today, and I'll tell you this here, is that they're alive spiritually, but they're on life support. They're barely beaten They're just barely on life support. They've got the mask, and, you, and they're not doing anything in Christ because they're on life support. They're barely alive. That's the problem with most of our churches today across our country. That's why we find ourselves in the mess we're in today. See, all, all the issues that are going on in every single state that we've had shootings, rioting, it, it's all one problem. It, it's about sin. Sin is the problem. Sin is what causes all these actions to come out. It's all sin. And, and, and I'm here to tell you that God wants to give you... God wants to give you a greater life than that. God wants, doesn't want you to struggle with that. I, I really feel sorry for these, these people that have lost their lives, tragically, because of hate, because of discrimination, because of lack of understanding on, on either side. And, and I see that, and I, and I just look at this, and I know, here's the answers right here. Here are all the answers to every one of those issues. And, and, and none of the parties want to hear this, though. That's the sad part. They don't want to hear this. This is the answer to and solution to every one of those issues. Amen? And that's where we need to put our trust in. Amen? If we're going to effectively resist the spirit of this age in this last day, we have to be successful ambassadors for Christ. We have to continue to teach sound doctrine. We have to continue to rebuke the spirit of Antichrist that comes, that would come here. Amen? And then, most importantly... B, we need the anointing. That means the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We need God's Holy Spirit moving through us and in us. Amen? This is the only place or the only way we're going to have victory in our life. It's through the power of the Holy Spirit. Because I'm here to tell you, you can't do it on your own. I can't do it on my own. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Again, the presence of the Holy Spirit in the life of a believer helps you to discern, to navigate, to steer yourself in the, in the correct path that God has for you. And you need to do that this morning. We are living in the last days and we want to be able to stay alive, to be able to share this word with our grandchildren, with our Children, with our with our coworkers, with our friends, our family, and we have to be able to speak to them about the truth of God. And in closing, the last point here, point number three, is remain in the Son. Remember, I mentioned to you about steadfast, being uh, having perseverance, remaining in Him. Here, here's the advice that John gave these early these believers. And the scripture also that gives us today, uh, or that today that we remain in Jesus, says, we remain faithful to the Master and to His message and His mission. We remain faithful to the Master. See, here's the problem. Every one of us are going to have challenges. Every one of us are going to have discouragements. Every one of us are going to face trials in our life. Just because you're a believer doesn't mean God spreads out a path of of roses and and your life is blessed from that point on. Wouldn't that be wonderful and amazing, right? Right? But that's not reality. That's a fairy tale. The reality is that God is going to give you challenges so that you can grow. But with those challenges, he's asking you, trust me to help you walk that path. Amen. Trust him. Walk with him. Remain faithful to him, to his message and to his mission, which is reaching lost people for his kingdom. Because Eternity is real, and we are in the last days. And finally here, this word translated to remain, it's an interesting word in the original language. It basically means to be permanent, to dwell in, to abide in, to remain or endure. So when we are instructed to remain in Christ, it means stand, stand your ground. Be solid. Don't let anything move you. God has planted you like a a tree by the river of water. Amen? He's planted you. So when those winds come, they're going to sway you. They're going to blow you. But you're hunkered down. Nothing is going to move your faith. Amen? Amen. That's when you put your trust in in the Lord. So, uh, again, as we close this morning, I want to remind you... To stay alive in these last days. The last days are upon us. And these last three three things are, number one, how can we survive spiritually in these last days? Number one, recognize. Be sober and vigilant. Be aware. What sober is, it's not talking about, about not being drunk. It's talking about being aware. Be vigilant. I always tell my daughters, everywhere they go, and every dad can relate to me here today, be aware of your surroundings. Yes. Be aware of your surroundings wherever you go. And that's for anybody. Be aware of your surroundings, especially in the world we live in today. I mean, you know, again, my point here is not to bring fear to you, but we live in a world where things are going on, and you need to be aware. Be sober and vigilant. Number two, resist. Resist the devil, the Bible tells us. Resist. Contend for the faith. If you know that this is the truth of God here, and you know it, and someone's declaring something against this, stand up for it. Stand up for it. Resist it. Don't allow that to sway you because everybody else is following in line with them, and that's the PC answer. That's not what you're to do. You're to resist. Contend for the faith. Hold fast to the Word of God. Amen? And then finally, remain. That means be steadfast in what you know and who you know. I thank God that no matter what this world throws at us, no matter what bombings, no matter what killings, no matter what riots, no matter what happens... That we have a relationship with Him. Now, am I hurt? Am I am I disappointed? Am I am I am I grieved by seeing what I see on the news? Absolutely, it hurts me. Uh, I pray for these families that lo- nobody should should lose a loved one. Nobody should. But our faith is not in. In marching or rioting or any of that, our faith is in Him. Our faith is in saying, "Lord, forgive us of our sins, forgive us of our past. Help us to to make new relationships with You and those around us, to bring more and more people into a loving relationship with You." Amen. That's what the Lord wants for us. He wants to remove those things that would that would draw us away from him so this morning as we bow our heads i want to ask you to bow your heads this morning with me and and i pray god that this morning lord that as you speak and remind us that these are the last days, that we would hold fast to your word, that we would be sober and vigilant, that we would contend for the faith that you have declared in your word. But I pray today, Lord, that if there's anybody here that has never had the opportunity to accept you as a believer, born-again believer, and it's a really simple process. Lord, you said just come to you. Come to you. First of all, acknowledge that you are God that you died for that person, that you rose again from the tomb three days later, and that, Lord, that you would forgive us of our sins. And so, Lord, I ask right now of those that are sitting here, that if there's anybody here that has never, ever said a prayer of forgiveness and asked to receive the Lord into their life, if that's you this morning, I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you this morning. And maybe, maybe if that... If you've said that prayer, maybe you want to recommit your life again today going forward, knowing that these are the last days, knowing that you want to get your life where it should be. I want to say a prayer right now, and I just want everybody to pray with me. Would you pray with me and just repeat these words and mean them in your heart this morning as we, as we pray right now. Go ahead and pray with me. Heavenly Father, I come before you this morning. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I commit my life to you. I believe what you did on the cross. Forgives me of my sins. And gives me eternal life. I believe you rose on the third day. Thank you for eternal life. I receive you today. In Jesus name. Amen.